What you gonna do, brother? New WWF figures got the power. Dad, is my turn yet? It's only been ten minutes. It's been four hours. What's up with that? Oh my god! Hey yo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the only third degree podcast on the airwaves. This is episode 28 of the WrestleGeddon Podcast. And we are, as always, your most illustrious hosts. I'm Chris the Heat Matthews, and... I am Garrett G-Money. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. So, the uh, Fortress of Heatitude survived the wonderful rains here in North Carolina. So, we are still dry. No flooding done to the collection. So that was a, a riot and a half last night. So. Yeah, and then after all the rain, we got like uh, 30 mile per hour winds. And yeah, nice stuff. It's awesome. So, uh, yeah, so that's a pretty much update on that. Um, really don't have anything for housekeeping or any type of follow-up this week. Not a whole lot um, going on as far as what we talked about last week. But as always, be sure to check out our Instagram at Pod. With two D's, and you can follow us on Twitter at WrestleGunPod with one D because we all know what Twitter can't handle two D's. <laughs> and you can also find us at Heat at um, Facebook slash Facebook.com, not slash Facebook.com slash Podcast. So, not a whole lot. There's been some interesting stuff going on this week. So. Yeah. Some news, tidbits that we'll get to here in a little bit. Um, some figure news as we're gearing up towards New York Toy Fair on the 22nd. There's some um, little early teasers announced that I'm excited for. Um, it being the uh, hardcore toy collector out of the two of us. But uh, I'm pretty psyched about that too. But uh, let's break it down and jump into the news. Well, hotline fans, I have got a hotline rumor for you. The number, what's the number? Let me call the number. In the Hulkster's hotline, you may do so by dialing 1-900-45-4-Hulk. All right, so jump in here with some Ring of Honor news. Uh, they actually announced the return of the Pure title. Um, I never watched Ring of Honor when they had the Pure title. Um, so it's kind of cool after looking at the history of it and the the rules that they had for it actually seems like a pretty cool thing, um, but they will crown they will crown a champion over a two night tournament, uh, which will be taking place on Saturday April 11th, or sorry Friday April tenth and Saturday April eleventh. Um, the first event being in Columbus, Ohio, and the second event being in Pittsburgh. Um, little rundown on the Pure Title uh, was created in two thousand four. Matches contested under Pure rules which meant closed fist punches were illegal. Each competitor was allowed three rope breaks to stop submission holds and pinfalls during the match. After that, pinfalls and submission holds on or under the ropes would be legal. So that kind of adds an extra element there. Yeah. So, Because you think all those guys like, you know, Tajiri who would do like a submission hold of the ropes when he do the... um. Oh, 
the uh, the spider thingy that you do. So yeah, I don't like it. Think about the name of it. Is it like tarantula or something? The tarantula, yes. Yeah. I don't know why I couldn't think of it though. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of cool. And you think using the ropes for leverage over something like a um. Uh, camel clutch, oh. or like a cross face or something like that. So that actually adds an extra element to the match. Uh, AJ Styles was actually your first pure champion who won a tournament, defeating CM Punk in the finals. Uh, the title was subsequently was held by stars such as Samoa Joe, Jay Lethal, and Nigel McGuinness. Um, August 2006, uh, then ROH World Champion Brian, Brian Danielson, um, also known as Daniel Bryan for you WWE marks out there, defeated Nigel McGuinness to unify the titles. So what's funny with this is pretty much everyone that we've named except for Jay Lethal is some way, shape, or form part of WWE right now. Yes, they are. Or by extension, working for Fox. CM Punk. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see what else we got. I'm jumping into... So we go from there, speaking of WWE. Uh, one of the top tag teams, WWE has asked for their release again. Um, that being the revival, seems how they seems like they're still unhappy with their position on the position in the company. So. Oh, I mean, when you're top talent guys and uh, don't get used properly because they definitely don't, uh, do you really blame them? Not at all, honestly. I think they'd be better off like working for another company in the Ring of Honor. Um, but in all honesty, if they do leave, I they're AEW bound. Yep. There, there's so many dream matches right now and so many match. I'm sure so many guys in AEW that they want to go up against that they're just clamoring to get their hands on, uh, like the Young Bucks, um, Lucha Bros, Best Friends. Like, can you imagine matches between the Revival and the Lucha Brothers or even the Revival and the Bucks? Yep. That'd be awesome. I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, let's see. Also have signings for WWE with Killer Cross and Timothy Thatcher. I'm not familiar with Timothy Thatcher. I will um, admit that right now, but I am familiar with Killer Cross from his work on Impact. And of course, one of my favorite shows, Lucha Underground, where he was um came out to be like the white rabbit or like the leader of the rabbit tribe at one point, which caused uh, Paul London to go a little crazy and like start killing some of his teammates. Oh, awesome. Which is pretty cool. So. Awesome, awesome, awesome. How what else we got? Um, that's pretty much it for the news, for the wrestling news. Let's jump into figure news. Kind of excited about this. Um, images of the basic 107 Bianca Belt. Jesus, like I am stumbling over everything tonight. Man, we're going to end up being like... Um, Major wrestling figure podcast. You're going to have to take a shot every time I talk. So Yeah, maybe. <laughs> just just bear with him, you know. He's he's he uh you know, he's had a couple brewskis, you know, you know. He's trying to get his uh his Adam Page going, you know. Try chugging some uh I've, some pictures of alcohol. Well, I've been drinking and um after we're done with us, I'm gonna go do some cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. <laughs> yeah. So, go do some cowboy shit. All right, so let's uh let's try that again. Images of basic 107 
Bianca Belair, and I forgot to put my phone in Do Not Disturb. Um, Which is... There you go. That is done now. So I'll over the plate. Right. Third time's a charm. Images of basic 107 Bianca Belair have finally surfaced. That figure is freaking amazing. Yeah. No, like they did the the design team at Mattel just knocked out of the park. They've got a uh, softer rubber for her hair, so you can actually move it, bend it, twist it, and use it as a whip on the rest of your women superstars. So I'm kind of excited about that. Um, as we were talking earlier today, um, especially after this week's NXT um, and the promo with Bianca, Charlotte, and Ripley, I have not been the biggest fan of Bianca Belair, but she's starting to that promo kind of kind of put her over for me. So that's usually all it takes is it's one all, good promo, one good match, something. So, but I'm takes. definitely looking forward to getting her figure when it comes out. Uh, let's see. Battle Pack 64 is now shipping from Ringside Collectibles. Um, in that set, you've got AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, the Usos, and Lita and Trish from the Fatal 4-Way match at WrestleMania for the to crown the first ever women's or the new women's tag team champions. Not first ever because there were women's tag team champions before. <clears throat> but technically, it's first ever because it's WWE, not WWF. Um, Elite... Battle Pack 61 had Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles and the Usos. So we're pretty much getting a repaint of those figures in new ring attire. Amazing. I think that, I think AJ Styles and I think Bryan has a new head sculpt. But other than that, Usos have new ring attire. Head sculpts are the same as the Battle Pack figures and their most recent elites in the red. Um, let's see. And for the big news. Big news coming out. Um, Jazzwares and Wicked Cool Toys, uh, which is actually under the Jazzwares banner because they had bought them out earlier last year. Or not earlier last year, but last year. Um, they're showing off their AEW figures at New York Toy Fair on the 22nd. Excited for that indeed. This was huge, huge drop that I don't think anybody was expecting. Yeah. Now, there was mentioned before that AEW was working on getting a toy deal, but there was never anything said about it. And then all of a sudden, you've got Jazzwares just coming in like, here you go. We're going to show off some AEW figures we've been working on. New York Toy Fair, 22nd. That's cool. So, I'm hoping these are going to be in scale with the elites just because, you know, I want an American Nightmare version of Cody. I want Young Bucks. I want Kenny Omega. But I want them to scale with the elite figures. Just like, oh man, that, that's all I want. Because like the elite figures are awesome. And I'm really hoping that these are. But the Fortnite figures that Jazzwares does are pretty much in scale with the elites from what I can what I can tell doing comparisons on them on store shelves. But um if you had to pick six figures for the first wave of AEW's figure line. Which six would you pick? Okay. That's kind of tough. It's a lot to pick. So, Cody Rhodes. Bam. Uh, Kenny Omega. The Bucks. Uh, hmm. Hmm. 
How funny would it be if they made another Rose figure? They might make a Riho just to piss us off. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's it's feasible. She's she is the ring of the not ring of honor, the AEW Women's Champion. So true. I mean, I can see that see her being made as a figure. Yeah. So maybe not part of the first wave, maybe the second. No. Um. Hmm. There's a huge one you're missing. Add a page. Maybe. So you think they're going to do like the entire thing? <laughs> and then. Well, no, I'm saving the best for last. The best for last. They have to do a freshly squeezed orange cassidy. Oh, man. Oh, that'd be so awesome. And he's got to have it to where you can put his hands in his pocket. Oh, that'd be great. Oh. That I would buy that. I don't care how much it costs. Amazing. I'm buying it. <laughs> um, yeah, me. Actually, the big one that you missed. Jericho. Eh, fuck Jericho. Biggest name in the company. Hey, guess what? I can buy champion. a WWE Jericho figure, and it would look just the same. So, no, because I mean, this hair is different. This one's fatter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> true. I forgot about that. He's fatter. <laughs> you know, he's not exactly the... Uh, <laughs> The Y2J of yesteryear. So, but, but I mean, with him being the AEW world champion, I can see them putting him in yeah, the first wave. That would make sense. Um, also getting probably maybe a title belt. Yeah. Maybe. <clears throat> probably two of the most toyetic superstars that they have, Pentagon and Phoenix. I thought about them too. You know, yeah. And of course, Cody. And I can see them doing Omega. In the first set, and possibly MJF. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, if they do two packs, I can see them putting like the Young Bucks or, you know, something, or maybe doing like two packs with their uh, tag teams or something like that, which would be pretty cool. Um, maybe we'll get a, a two pack of Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. A box of the box of they. I mean, it would be cheaper. They just need to buy a small little damn box for it. As yeah. long as Marco stunt is to size, you know they need to make him like a micro figure. You know what they'll do? About no, um, like the Star Wars Black Series figures. Yeah. Like some of their smaller figures, like the Porgs and some of the droids, come in smaller boxes. Oh, there you so go. they'll probably make the box smaller just for Marco. I'm thinking like they should do like make him like one of those like micro WWE figures just about the size, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're just they're gonna steal the mold for Hornswoggle and make a Marco stunt. Yep, that's for sure. <laughs> ah, but the best thing to come out of this though is if we do get a Marco stunt figure, then I can create the dream match of Hornswoggle versus Marco stunt. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Lord. Oh, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right. On that note, that's going to round out the news and the figure news for the week. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back with our Get in the Ring segment. Where we're going to take a look at SmackDown from last week. Um, got some big surprise returns from Raw, um, NXT. Some pretty cool stuff that happened on AEW. You know, and, of course, you know the awesomeness that is NWA Power. So stay tuned. We will be back in a brief moment. Flash. Flash. In a few seconds. 30 seconds. Less than a minute. So rounder. We'll be back. Stay tuned.
What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the WrestleGeddon podcast. And I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, we are back. So let's get in the ring. So let's uh, let's dive into some SmackDown from last week. A uh, couple things come out of this. We have a new Intercontinental Champion in the Monster Among Men, Braun Strowman, who defeated Shinsuke Nakamura. So this is actually Strowman's first singles title. Strowman's been around for what, like four or five years now? Uh, yeah, hell like that. This is the first singles title that he's had. Second title, because he was a tag team champion with, like, a 10-year-old boy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good times. Uh, let's see. My only question is this. Will Strowman's title run be more memorable than what they did with Nakamura? Nope. Because they have no idea what they're doing with that title. Absolutely no idea. So you, don't think, you don't think they're going to do anything? I mean, they're going to do Nothing something. But it seems like it's just... Uh, that's one thing I hate about both of them. Like, the Intercontinental and the U.S. title. Like, they seem like they have, like... They plan, like, a storyline. And then when that storyline's over, they're like, Okay, what do we do? Okay, uh, we'll think about it next week. So and now, it just goes weeks and then months and then months. And then there's nothing going on. Pretty much, like... The U.S. title, the Intercontinental title, used to be a stepping stone to a world title match. WCW, WWF at the time. Generally, if you were winning the Intercontinental title, you were eventually being pushed for at least a title shot at the World Heavyweight title. And they've kind of lost that aspect along the way. Now, whereas, we'll talk about a little later when we get into NWA, uh, the Lucky 7 rule with the NWA TV title. That is what they should be doing, something like that, with the Intercontinental title and the U.S. title. That's going to open up more doors, more, like, f- like different matches, like fresher matches for people that are in the title match. Even if it's just a one-off thing. I mean, it makes more sense to do it like that than to have just no direct- no direction at all going for that. Like it doesn't even have to be a long feud. It can just be, okay, well, so-and-so, you know, they've been the Intercontinental Champion for a month. They've successfully defended the title, like, five times in the last 30 days. So, 
they're going to face the champion on this week's edition of SmackDown or Raw. Yep. And I mean, even though, like, you know, we're, neither one of us are, like, the most enormous John Cena fans, uh, at least, like, he uh, defending the title every single week was entertaining. All the matches were great. And, you know, it shows, like, what kind of performance someone can put out when they're defending a title and, like, what the draw brings to it. And that's the thing. Like, the other thing with that, too, like, the Intercontinental title, the U.S. title, really haven't had any relevancy unless they're being held by John Cena or The Miz. Like, you think about it, Miz made on Raw, when Raw had the Intercontinental title, and you had no Brock Lesnar, The Miz made the Intercontinental title the main focus of the show. He made it a point to say that he is the highest-ranking champion on that show. Yep. He's the only single male singles champion on that show. Mm-hmm. Because the world champion is not there. So. So. And I think they're they've lost that element. They need to revamp the the mid card title situation. So. Uh, let's see. Miz and Morrison. Speaking of the Miz, uh, number one contenders for the. SmackDown Tag Team Championships at Super Showdown. Super Showdown? Uh, yes. Whatever the hell they want to call it. Super Showdown. Super Showdown in the Far East, under the radar, blood money event type thing. So, but Miz and Morrison will be taking on Kofi and Big E for the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Championships, uh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss are also the new number one contenders for these women's tag team titles. Um, looking to take those belts away from Asuka and Kairi Sane at some point. Who knows when. Uh, let's see. Was it Cesaro on Raw? Mm-hmm. Wasn't he drafted to Raw? I don't think so. He was drafted to Raw. Because they split up Sheamus and Cesaro. So they moved Cesaro to Raw. He literally just wrestled Ricochet like three weeks ago. Uh, I, oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh. And then he just shows up on SmackDown with no explanation at all as to why he's on SmackDown. Interesting. But then they move him back to SmackDown, and they pair him with Sami Zayn and Nakamura. Which is where he was, yeah. Why would they just put him back with Sheamus? I don't know. Why couldn't we get the bar back? <sighs> Who knows? I don't know. What was the point of that? It should have just kept Cesaro on Raw. If they were going to put him back together with Sheamus. So, um, uh, one final thing from last week's SmackDown. Otis and Mandy. Better story than Lana, Lashley, and Rusev. Yeah. It's definitely been more entertaining. It's made me care about what happens between the two of them. Well, unfortunately, I can see it ending very badly for, for Pearl. Or Otis. I don't think it's going to work. Something's going to happen. Is They're going to bring up somebody else. Uh, another tag team or something. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Or There's got to be some sort of angle going on with this. Where, because they're not going to make Mandy and Sonya faces. It's not going to happen. So, is she going to not show up for their date? Or is she going to... Dump water all over them, or Sonya's gonna get involved somehow. But still, 
better storyline than whatever the hell they've been doing on Raw. I mean, he's just going to go to the date and be like, Oh, yeah! He looks like the freaking troll from... Or not troll, the dwarf from uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so I want to give him an axe. <laughs> uh, let's see. We will... We'll actually... We're not going to talk about this week's SmackDown right now. We'll get. We'll probably do that at the end of the WWE roundup here. But um, uh, Monday Night Raw, a couple notable things on there. We had the return of Ruby Riot, uh, which I feel was kind of wasted on this segment. Like I don't. I don't know why we could have got her return at the Royal Rumble two weeks ago, but um, but it's cool to see Ruby back on TV. Uh, ended up beating down her former. Riot Squad, Stablemate, Liv Morgan. Awesome. Um, I really hope they don't merge her into the storyline and pair her with Lana. Uh, I really hope not. But, uh... Yeah. We'll see. Uh, let's see. Um, Angel Garza. Being brought in by uh, Zelina Vega. So, uh... Here's my issue with this, though. I don't have an issue with it. Whether the Vega bringing in Angel Garza. That's not the issue I have. The issue I have is Angel Garza wrestled on NXT this week, and Vega was not there. Huh. So to be I running a storyline where that happens doesn't make any sense. So Who did he wrestle on NXT this week? He wrestled... Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I never can think of his first name. Isaiah. Isaiah. Oh. Yeah, and she wasn't there. Yeah, honestly, I didn't even notice she wasn't there. I'm so used to seeing Garza without, like, obviously without her, so I didn't even notice. But that's a good point. Like, if they're doing the storyline, there's not any reason why Vega shouldn't have been on NXT with him. Correct. Uh, The one thing I wanted to add about Raw that we haven't talked about is... uh, the fact that uh, we have Byron Saxton and uh, uh, what's his name on commentary and Vic Joseph is gone because I didn't like Vic Joseph. He sucked. Oh, yeah. No, he was terrible. He, terrible. So I'm oh. glad we got our regular commentary back. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Saxton to begin with, but he's better than Vic Joseph. Man, I'll but take- I like, uh, what's his name? I don't know why I can't think of his name. What's the other guy? The King? No. The other um, guy. Um... I think he's saying he was on SmackDown forever. I can't remember what his name is either. It's not Todd Pettengill or uh, Kevin Kelly. Or, it's um, um, Todd Phillips? Is that it? Yeah, Todd Phillips. That's it. Yeah. I like Todd Phillips. Yeah. No, nah, he's pretty good. Like, the Raw the Raw analysis team is pretty solid. Um, I think the King is better on commentary than Jim Ross. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> But Jim Ross needs talk to talk a little bit about so, that when we get into AEW. Yes, we so, will. Um, but yeah, there really wasn't that much anything else really notable from Raw besides we had the continuing feud between um, Rollins' group and um, Owens and Viking Raiders since Joe was apparently out on injury again. So we had a continuing feud with that. 
Um, we have Ricochet won a number one contenders match, so he'll be taking on Brock Lesnar at Super Showdown. I really hope this doesn't end up being a squash match. Which was really funny because right after he won, Brock in like literally not even ten seconds fucking got in the ring, fucking F five to him, fucking just stared him down right now. <laughs> I was dying. But generally, like Brock generally hand is picks his opponents that he wants to wrestle. So and he really he has really good matches with some of the smaller guys, you know, like Mysterio and Styles, um Finn. Finn, Punk. So I'm I'm expecting a pretty good match out of this one, at least hoping Ricochet gets some offense and um, the only one he didn't have a really good match with, unfortunately, was Kofi Kingston, because we never got to see more than like fifteen seconds of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's it for Raw. Like that really was more notable, but um, jump into some uh, NWA power. One we, of the best wrestling shows of the week. Which we got a uh, we got a new uh, new theme song for NWA. New theme power. song by Pantera. It's pretty yeah. awesome. Pretty awesome. Uh, I do miss Into the Fire already after uh, one episode, but after one episode, it's uh, all it took. But it's cool. I really think, like um, like we talked about the other day, I think they should do, like, with every season. Because basically, NWA, NWA season start and end with, like, they pretty much end with whatever event they're doing. So, Into the Fire pay-per-view event was the end of the first season. Uh, Hard Times was the end of the second season. So, it's, like, third season now. And then the Crockett Cup will be the end of the third season. So, I think they should change the theme song with every season. Yeah, so, pretty be interesting. Cool, be pretty cool. Eventually, we're going to work our way up to just having Smashing Pumpkins music as the intro every week for NWA. So. Uh, yeah. But, uh, let's see. Notable stuff on NWA. Aaron Stevens retained against Trevor Murdoch. Shooter Stevens, I should say, retained the third degree national championship against Trevor Murdoch, which was actually a really good matchup. Um,. Oh, sorry. I saw a Hall of Fame graphic and I forgot they're inducting Fuck the Batista. NWO and Batista. Fucking Batista. Who gives a shit about Batista? I'm about to go off on a tangent here. But how are you going to enter what X-Pac in the NWO Hall of Fame induction and not Rick Rude, Ted DiBiase, Eric Bischoff, uh, freaking The Big Show, like people that had been in the group before Six Pac was. His name was Six because he was the sixth fucking member of the NWO. There's other people that were in that were put in the NWO before he was. Dusty Rhodes. Why isn't Dusty being inducted? Dusty was a member of the NWO. Man. Probably some Hogan bullshit. Who knows? Um Okay. Back to back to NWA. Uh we had a uh, segment involving the Pope. And the Dawsons. And uh, pretty much running down Homicide, which brought out Kingston. Uh, which prompted Kingston to bring out some uh, some young up-and-comers to uh, run the area. Looking for a favor. Kingston needed a favor. So he said, I'll hook you up. Out comes Brian Malonis and the Beer City Bruiser. The Bouncers. Making their way from the bar. Yep. Which pretty much uh, ran off the wild cards and the Pope. 
So um, I believe next week we should be getting the uh, a tag team match between uh, the Bouncers and the uh, and the Dawsons. And I think I said the Wild Cards before. I didn't uh, mean the Wild Cards. I meant the Dawsons. So uh, Thunder Rosa retained the NWA Women's Championship against Allison K in a rematch from Hard Times. Now the cool thing about this, yes, it was a rematch, but it wouldn't happen the night after their pay-per-view or, you know, a few days after their pay-per-view like WWE likes to do. It gives us freaking rematches all the damn time that we just saw last week or two weeks ago. But it was still a pretty solid matchup. wasn't as good as their pay-per-view match, but it was still pretty good. Yep. And now uh, Thunder Rosa has to face uh, Melina for the title. That I'm kind of interested in seeing. Yeah. Good time. And I believe that's going down at the uh, Crockett Cup in April. So. Let's hope so. Let's uh, uh, AEW. AEW is pretty entertaining this week. Um, progression with Britt Baker's heel turn has probably been one of the standouts because it's the only type of character character story arc that they've been doing to to help build the per, the persona. Or, like, Britt Baker's heel persona. And the fact that she took that chick's mouth and put it on the bottom rope and stomped on it. And they even went the extra mile to put a tooth in her hand. Yep. Freaking awesome. So, they did a really solid job with that one. But, um, it's, it's uh, Dr. Britt Baker. Dr. Britt Baker, I'm sorry. I, I mean, the only downside was this is you have to keep mentioning that she's a dentist. So, I think every promo. She's a dentist. She's Dr. Britt Baker. DDS. That's wonderful. No one gives a mm. shit. <laughs> Unless you're going to do something like this. Why don't they just bring... Why don't they just try to get Kane and have him come back as Isaac Yankum and be like her mentor? There you go. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, let's see what else happened. We had a... A Fatal 4-Way tag team match. It was a Fatal 4-Way? Tag team match. Um, match at the beginning. It was uh, the best friends and it was the best friends and the Bucks. Oh, uh, it was eight man tag match versus the Blade and the Butcher and, and uh, Pentagon and Phoenix. Pentagon, but it wasn't the Bucks. It was uh, someone else. It wasn't the Bucks. It was the best friends and uh, um, who else was it? Was it? It was SCU, wasn't it? Yes. So I see. Yeah, because uh, Dark Order, Dark Order came out and destroyed everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which the one thing I don't understand with that though, so why doesn't Christopher Daniels come out there with SCU? No, I mean I don't know if it's to play it like maybe he has something to do with the Dark Order, maybe he doesn't, but he never comes out there until. After everyone gets beat up. Yep. I think Christopher Daniels is going to end up being the leader of the Dark Order. I think he's going to be revealed as the exalted one. Maybe. I mean, think about it. He He's played a similar character before. Um, the Fallen Angel. You know, he ran, you know, he had to stable in TNA at you know, the Triple uh, X. I mean, he... he he could fit that role. He could do it. I mean, he originally, like, 
if you're not aware, uh, Daniels originally was supposed to be the higher power in the uh, Undertaker ministry storyline. But Vince thought he was too small and like he was actually signed to WWE at the time. They released him because Vince didn't think he was convincing enough to be a higher power, like cult figure leader thing. But like, doesn't matter. You don't have to be a huge guy to be the leader of a cult. You just have to have the personality and the charisma to get people to believe in what you're talking about and to follow you. So I think he could fit that role well as the exalted one if it does happen. Uh, let's see. Then the other notable thing. Cody uh, took his 10 lashes last night. Or not last night, but Wednesday night. And they were uh, it's pretty rough. I it mean, was, he took one for the brutal, team for brutal. sure. You see, like. There was no. I mean, you can't fake fucking lashes. You, you had to see take them. the marks around his head? Yeah. They were like insane. Around the head area, like the neck and everything? Yeah. I think Naomi's entrance got better. We're currently watching this week's SmackDown as we're uh, recording this episode. Um, which, when we do record on Friday, we usually end up watching SmackDown while we're recording. And Naomi is wearing a fucking disco ball over her head. She wore that last week. You didn't see it last week? I didn't watch SmackDown last week. Oh. No. Uh, that's why you don't have any notes for it. Yeah. Except for, like, two things. Yeah, those are, like, the two notable things. That's all that matters. But that's freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want a disco ball mask. But, uh, hey, Naomi, giving the chance to do this whole Feel the Glow thing is has been good for her. So, yep. I just found, found something that worked, which I guess is her personality. So, that's awesome. Uh, let's jump into NXT. NXT had a great promo to start off the show. From the Broser Weights coming out in the little souped up golf cart, which was pretty awesome, which led to the question of the week How much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, Bobby Fish can really fry fish, but maybe he could fry some, fry some fish if he could fry fish, but I don't know if he can fry fish. You know who might have the answer to that? Kyle O'Reilly. Scott Steiner. <laughs> that sounds like a math equation for Steiner. I think he could get it figured out. <laughs> uh, but that was actually that was a pretty entertaining promo, which uh, prompted the revival, not the revival, Undisputed Era to come out, kind of interrupt it. Um, we had a fire promo between Bianca Belair, Charlotte, and Rhea Ripley. You only liked it because of Bianca. <laughs> she had the You line. don't even belong here. You don't go here. You don't even go here. <laughs> but just like, as I've watched it again, like clips of it on like YouTube and like WWE's Instagram and stuff, just the reactions that Bianca has, like her facial expressions, were pretty much all it took. Yeah. Like the look that she had when Charlotte like pushed her out the way. And she's like, you know, got her arms up. She's like, what? So it was just stuff like that, like little things, little mannerisms like that, which helped really sell the point of the promo and, you know, sell the point of like, hey, you're not going to overlook me. I'm still here. She has to get through me before she can even think about challenging you. 
Yeah. Or before you can even think of challenging her. Which I wouldn't be surprised if Charlotte actually gets involved in the match at TakeOver and costs Bianca the title just so she can go after Ripley as the champion. It's very possible. And maybe turn it into a triple threat match. Maybe. At WrestleMania. Be pretty cool. Pretty cool. And be like a stipulation where Bianca has to wrestle Flair. And if she wins, she gets in the gets in the match. But um But you can tell like like Montez Ford has definitely had to have been given um Bianca some some tips on uh on her promo skills because they're she's definitely improved over the last few months. So big props to Bianca for that promo. That was that was great. So and then of course, you know, you don't expect anything less out of Charlotte. She usually delivers for her promos, and Ripley's promos are, are pretty solid, too. So, it was I awesome. Mean, she's Rick Flair's daughter. So. Um, yeah. Not a whole lot got to be said there. Nope. And apparently that's how you get title shots in WWE, is being Rick Flair's daughter. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, but the big, big thing. Actually, no. Yeah, a couple other things to touch on real quick. Jordan Devlin and Tyler Breeze. Great match. Awesome matchup. Yep. Um, Isaiah Swerve Scott and... Angel Garza. Angel Garza. Phenomenal matchup, as always. And then that fire promo between Gargano and Finn, which Finn looked old as hell in that promo. So, like, he looked like he was 50. So, <laughs> so but uh, definitely more hype around that match, and I'm really, really... Like, I'm hyped for NXT Portland. I want to see Finn and Gargano go at it. You know, this is going to be pretty awesome. Uh, then we're supposed to close out the show with a six-man tag match between the Broserweights and Tommaso Ciampa taking on Undisputed Era, which was a result of a brawl from earlier in the show, um, which was uh, Ciampa pretty much attacking Cole. And then, you know, Undisputed Era getting involved, then the Broserweights getting involved. So... We get that match. Um, I believe Undisputed Era picked up the win. Then there's like a beat down between Undisputed Era beating down Ciampa and um, the Broserweights. And then we saw the return of the Velveteen Dream. D R E A M. Yes. That was phenomenal. Dream cleared that ring. Took out Undisputed Era pretty much by himself. Freaking awesome. Like, huge return for the dream. But one thing that they did not mention, which you pointed out to me earlier, they never mentioned Velveteen's tights. Yep. They didn't say a word. So, if you didn't catch it, like, go find some clips on YouTube, go check out the network, Hulu, something. Velveteen rips off his tights that he's got on over his, over the tights, like just rips off the tights he's got when he shows up the ring. Like he's got Roddy down, rips the tights off, and on the side of his leg, he's got airbrushed his face, (laughs) Marina Shafir, and her and Roddy's kid. And on the back, it says, call me Marina. (laughs) <laughs> Velveteen truly is a student of the game this is stuff that you would see 
ravishing Rick Rube do just to get into the head of his opponent? I mean, we're talking about someone that had tights made for his feud with Jake the Snake Roberts with Jake's wife on, like, I believe it was like across his crotch, like had her face. Like her face was on his crotch and her hair went down her legs, like down his legs. So, I mean, something like that, which, like, you don't, you don't see stuff like that anymore. Nope. It's just little things like that that, like, kind of help edge that storyline along a little bit more. And Dream seems to be the only one, like, in recent memory that that picks up on these little things and just runs with it. It's freaking awesome. It's one reason, one of the many reasons why I'm a huge fan of the Velveteen Dream. And it took a while to win you over. It did. <laughs> did indeed. It did indeed. Oh. But I've been won over. <laughs> uh, so that that's going to be it for last week's rundown. Um, we'll talk a little bit about SmackDown this week. Uh, We're getting Goldberg and Bray Wyatt. Yes, Goldberg and the, and the Fiend. Fiend at Super, Super Showdown. Showdown. Uh... Tell Sheamus destroy Shorty G and Shorty G Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews. That match was quick with Apollo. Um, we got a fatal four-way match going on between uh, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, and Dana Brooke. Which we're all assuming Naomi wins. Naomi's I mean, win, no. it, technically it's over now. It's a little later. Uh, well, you know, I guess. I don't know. We had uh, Nakamura destroy Nakamura and the Revival beat down new Intercontinental Champion. Braun Strowman. So there's some cool stuff on here. Then uh, my man Heath Slater just cannot catch a break. He got the shit kicked out of him by D. Bryant. Yeah. Was, hey, guess was, what? We saw him on TV, baby. He was on TV. That's all match. that matters. He was on TV, baby. Heath Slater is alive and well, rocking a new hairdo. Oh, love Heath Slater. Big fan of Slater. Wish they would do a little bit more with him. I think he could have a decent run. As like an intercontinental champion or U.S. champion, something like that. Just gotta give Heath a chance, baby. Just give Heath a chance. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. He's got kids. He needs his job. He needs his job. At least bring back, like, let him run with the tag division again. Something. Because him and Rhino were very entertaining as a tag team. They just dropped the ball on that one. <sighs> Damn, Carmelo with these super kicks. Ooh. Oh, man. We had Naomi pegged to win that match, but it's Carmella. Interesting. Bailey's new finisher is shitty. Well, I'll say this. It may be shitty, but that ass ain't, though. That ass and them cheetah print fucking skinny <laughs> well, pants she's wearing on. I don't know what I think, I think it depends on what she ate before. Oh, yeah, too. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely ate her bootios. <laughs> was it? There was a meme that I saw that had um. It was a picture of uh, Bailey and Sasha, and someone looks up and goes, "Hey, Sasha," and she's like, "Yeah." She's like, "I want to see Bailey's butt in your, in your tights." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Lord. Ah, uh, not a big. I was like, I was excited when Bailey turned heel, but it's been kind of lackluster. Like I'm really, I'm ready for Bailey to lose that title. Yeah, 
Um, the other other thing is uh, Morton and uh, Miz brought back uh, whatever their fucking thing is together. Oh, the, the dirt sheet. The dirt sheet. <laughs> Sounded fucking horrible, but whatever. <laughs> so yeah, it's not not a whole lot of big stuff. Like nothing life changing coming out of this week's SmackDown. But that is going to conclude our get in the ring segment. Uh, we're gonna take a short break. We're gonna take a short break. Uh, we'll be right back. We got uh, something new that we're gonna do for this month, being Black History Month. Um, we got a little segment for that as well. Uh, we're gonna add that into the weekly trivia, the Q and A, and of course, push fire berry for the week. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. What's up, WrestleGeddon Podcast fans? This is Rose with Bright Rose Events. Here to announce we have a new subscription box for all your tingling sensations. Check out www.cratejoy.com and research dates in a box. Even wrestling fans need love too. And so you can get your wrestle on with the one you love. Have a date night delivered to your house every month for you and that special someone that's www.cratejoy.com searching dates in a box all right we are back so we're going to kick off this month with um our black history segment basically what I wanted to do with this was just, you know, each week we'll alternate and pick one of our favorite um, African-American superstars from past, present, and just give like a little rundown of uh, like their title history, like their career highlights, things like that, and recommend a match that you may not be familiar with or realize that, you know, they were a part of something like that. Um, so this week I picked the Junkyard Dog. Who was, of course, one of my favorites as a kid growing up. Um, quick little rundown. Give you a little bio on JYD. Um, entering the ring with his trademark chain. Attached to a dog collar to the music of Queens. Another one bites the dust. Uh, JYD often headlined cards that drew large crowds. And regularly sold out the Louisiana, Louisiana Superdome and other major venues. Becoming the first... Black wrestler to be made the undisputed top star of his promotion. Uh, he was quoted at WWE author, called Junkyard Dog one of the most electrifying, charismatic wrestlers in the country, particularly during his peak in the early 80s. Uh, JYD was most known for his headbutt and upper body strength, the latter of which saw him regularly body slam such large wrestlers as the One Man Gang, Kamala, and King Kong Bundy. The word thump which referred to JYD's power slam, prominently displayed on his wrestling trunks. Um, JYD, unfortunately, um, died victim of a car accident on June 1st, 1998, uh, returning home from his daughter's high school graduation. Um, I first heard about that personally on one of our local radio stations um, from my hometown in upstate New York, and I remember just the, the news kind of being a little devastating to hear. Um, JYD's final contributions to the wrestling world were the training of Rodney Mack and legendary women's wrestler Jazz. So, 
I did not know that. No, that's kind of a uh, kind of cool because I was a big fan of jazz and Rodney Mack was pretty cool too during his brief run in WWF when he was managed by uh, by Teddy Long. Uh, career highlights for JYD: He was a three-time Mid South Louisiana champion, four-time Mid South North American champion, eight-time Mid South Tag Team champion, NWA Mid America Tag Team champion, two-time Stampede Wrestling North American champion. USWA Unified Champion, WCW Six-Man Tag Team Champion, and was the winner of the Wrestling Classic Tournament, which was somewhere, which was a predecessor to the King of the Ring. Uh, the finals of that saw JYD defeat the Macho Man Randy Savage. Um, he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in the class of 2004, and also inducted into the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame as part of the class of 2012. Uh, he had notable feuds against Butch Reed, Ted DiBiase, The Funks, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Outlaw Ron Bass, Harley Race, Adrian Adonis, Ric Flair, and Arn Anderson. So the match recommendation I can give you for this, of course, is the finals of the Wrestling Classic against the Macho Man Randy Savage. But I would suggest watching the entire um, Wrestling Classic event, too, just to see the other um, tournament matches in there too, but the match with him at Savage was pretty awesome. So. Good okay. stuff. So JYD. JYD. Know, always a fan of JYD. So the other thing that uh, that was on there too that I forgot to put on there, um, he was trained by the Hart family. Nice. So obviously, what you can see, you know, he's a two-time Stampede Wrestling North American Champion, and we know Stampede is, of course, the um, the Hart Foundation. The Hart family's uh, promotion that they're hugely involved in in Canada. So, yeah, that was pretty awesome when I read that. So. Good times. So, I uh, thought it would be a fun little segment for Black History Month. So, next week, G-Money will uh, pick his favorite African-American superstar, which will probably be Kofi Kingston. Shut your mouth. <laughs> but it's all good, because we love Kofi Kingston. I love Kofi Kingston, too. But now, it's time for one of my favorite segments, Push, Fire, Bury. And this week, it is the Gimmick Battle Royal Edition. So pretty much everyone that is involved in our Push, Fire, Bury uh, was part of the WrestleMania 17 Gimmick Battle Royal. I just want to throw it out there that I only know like half the names on this list, so uh, <laughs> you're going to have to bear with me on this one. Oh, that's going to be fun. So, I think it was her as mine here. Yeah, it's mine. Your turn. I actually had to think about it for a minute. So, as always, um, Rundown, Push, Fire, Barry. Basically, we take all the names, we put them in a randomizer that we found online, and we hit the random button three times, and which first three pop up, as long as they're not duplicates, we have to pick who we're going to push, who gets fired, and who gets buried. So, G-Money, go ahead and... Fire up the randomizer. And your first one is Hillbilly Jim. Don't go messing with a country boy. Who's the Hall of Fame speech, in fact, is still going on right now. So, <laughs> just, just so you're aware. Uh, number two, actually a tag team, the Bushwhackers. So, I'm getting all the rednecks. So. And number three. One man gang. Oh, God. Ooh. <laughs> <That's> so stupid. 
Uh, Come on, the one-man gang was awesome. Much better as the one-man gang than he was Akeem. The African dream. <laughs> Especially his ECW run was great. Who was my first one again? I don't even remember. Who the first one was um, Hillbilly Jim. Hillbilly Jim. So it was Hillbilly Jim, the Bushwhackers, and One Man Gang. Mm. So, uh, I'm gonna, uh, gonna fire the Bushwhackers. You can yell at me all you want. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> gonna, uh, uh, bury the One Man Gang. Ooh. And then I'm gonna. You gonna push Hillbilly Jim? Yeah, Hillbilly Jim. Oh, makes sense. He was friends with Hogan. So. Yep, makes sense. <laughs> All right, so my turn. Let's see what we got. The randomizer is going. Come on, Sergeant Slaughter. Ooh. Come on, on Golly Gooker. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Number two. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Called it. Oh, we know who Chris is pushing today. Oh, it's awesome. There right, we go. Boy, we could get Doink the Clown. That'd be great. And the winner is, for the third, is Jim Cornette. Um, right off the bat, I'm going to fire Jim Cornette. Uh, Barry the Gobbledygooker. Yeah, yeah, I fired Jim Cornette and kept the Gobbledygooker. Yeah, what now, Marks? Fuck y'all. So, <laughs> fire Jim Cornette. Barry the Gobbledygooker. And push Sergeant Slaughter to the fucking moon and back. And yes. you know what? If you don't want to fire Jim Cornette, then tell Jim Cornette to watch his fucking mouth. He's so tough. He can run through Ethiopia with a bucket of chicken strapped to his back. <laughs> fucking racist bitch. Jim Cornette. His podcast is kind of funny sometimes, depending on the story he's telling. But he's still stuck in, like, God knows what era. Like, the 80s, so... Eventually, he'll grow up. Um, all right. So, let's do let's do the trivia. And we'll, we'll actually end the show on the, the Q&A. Uh, so, last week's trivia question, uh, we asked the question, who is not a member of the NWO? Um, the answer to that question was Ming. So, if you knew the answer was Ming, go ahead and give yourself that good old-fashioned Barry Horowitz pat on the back. And you'll get a uh, two thumbs up from us. And this week's question, we're sticking with WCW, so around that same time frame. Question is, during his WCW debut, who was the first person, or who did Goldberg defeat? Sorry, butcher that question. Who did Goldberg defeat in his WCW debut to kick off his monumental win streak? So if you think you know the answer, you go ahead and email us at AskWrestleGadden.com at gmail.com and you put in the answer the subject line episode 28 trivia question or you can leave the answer to any post promoting the podcast or this week's episode of the podcast so good luck don't google it don't be cheaters we're watching you we know what you're doing stop typing in Pornhub we see that why are you looking at that what kind of sick fuck are you? Oh my god. Oh. Oh, why are you looking at tranny porn? What is wrong with you people? God. <laughs> I told you we can see what you're doing. 
Man, sick bastards. (laughs) 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 All right. Let's uh, let's move on to the Q and A. Just want to throw it out there. That's what happens when we get these fucking weirdos that fucking call us and <laughs> send us these fucking weird ass video questions. Um, so we have the return. We we have a. It's another call from Skater Boy Thirty Three. That's name. What the fuck is name? Skater Boy. Skater. Uh, so let's Skater go ahead kid. and uh, let's go ahead and run that audio now. <laughs> Hey, this is Skateboard Kid 33. I got a question for you guys. Tony Starks? Ricky Starks? Really? That guy over Darby Allen? You fucking kidding me? He looks like The Rock if The Rock caught AIDS instead of footballs when he was at the University of Miami. The kid fucking sucks. You like that guy? What the fuck? He don't want to have a goddamn finisher. What is it, the roll-up pin? Nothing cool as fucking the coffin drop, I tell you that. The sorry piece of shit. And you love that guy. He's your fucking hero. He's your goddamn TV champion. Well, guess what? He's the first fucking TV champion not to ever be on TV. Fucking piece of shit. How you gonna be TV champion and your shit comes on YouTube? Fucking retards. That's why I hate NWA. It's for fucking old guys that want to relive their fucking glory days. Of when motherfuckers used to wrestle in front of people in fucking bleachers. Motherfuckers got one set of bleachers. Goddamn. Fucking hate this shit. Y'all always hating on goddamn AEW. Wanna watch that NWA bullshit. It's fucking garbage. Fucking Rock and Roll Express. Fucking old asses trying to fucking wrestle. Fucking dislocating hips and shit. Fucking staring at people from the fucking side of the room. It's fucking bullshit. The only person in fucking NWA that's any good is Thunder Rosa. And that's because she fucking wears her makeup like Darby Allen. Yeah. Fucking Darby Allen. Fucking king. Stop motherfucking hating. Oh, did you hear that? I just did a kickflip on you motherfuckers. Peace out. Okay, so, um. He is really not happy about us hating on Darby Allen. Uh, yeah, apparently. He I, guess, I uh, guess we can't be fans of Tony Starks. He probably didn't like Tony Starks or Ricky Starks. Uh, um, who hates Iron Man? I know, right? Who the fuck hates Iron Man? Fucking skater, kid. Man, you need to get out your mom's basement. Stop wearing your sister's makeup. Like, when you sit there at home and you practice, like, painting half your face like Darby Allen. Like, does it even come out right, or does it look like a fucking depressed skeleton on the side of your face? Or are you just painting, like, a Xanax pill or something? <laughs> fucking loser. <laughs> Ricky Starks is way more talented than Darby Allen could ever wish to be in his sister's cut-off shorts and leggings. And his, you know, his sick, sick tricks that he does on his skateboard. Which, by the way, we heard that uh, fake-ass kickflip you did in the yeah, background. you weren't doing no kickflip. We know you weren't doing no Kickflip. What do you got? One of those little finger, little tech deck boards you, you're doing little kickflips with? So you're the only skill you got as a skater? Skater boy 33. Fucking Man. dweeb. Nerd. Probably some 350-pound kid smotting, you know, scrounging down Cheetos and Hot Pockets and Mountain Dew and chasing them with gushers. Moron. So, 
I hate on Darby Allen all I want. The coffin drop sucks. It's just falling backwards. I can't hate. I don't hate on the stroke. He's stroke daddy. Stroke daddy. Ricky stroke starts. Daddy. Just because you don't think, just because all you think he does is do a roll up pin. Maybe you should watch some more of his matches and you know his finisher is the stroke. He's the stroke daddy. Stroke daddy. And it's Ricky Starks, not Tony Starks. I still don't understand how you hate Iron Man. Such a dick. (laughs) (sighs) All right. So, yeah, Skater Boy, just stop calling us. Stop sending us messages. Stop sending us emails. Every time I say something negative, about Darby Allen, I got fucking skater boy. Why well, always hate on goddamn Darby Allen? It's <laughs> always hate on goddamn Darby Allen. <laughs> Fuck you, skater boy. Fuck you. God. I hate on Darby Allen all I want. And his like crap ass half makeup job. It's like he only can afford like a certain amount of makeup and he can only paint half his face. At least when Thunder Rosa does it, you know, it's representative of something, which is of course her Mexican heritage. You know, with the the Dia de los Muertos half face paint. When Darby Allen does it, he looks like a fucking emo kid. You know what he looks like? That kid in that viral video that likes turtles. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I like turtles. Yeah. He's sitting there with a little skull face paint. I like turtles. Yeah, that's Darby Allen. I like turtles. <laughs> Fuck you, Darby Allen. I'm done. <laughs> done with you, skater boy. Ah, oh, dick. Okay. Uh, next question we got. Um, I cannot remember the person's name off the top of my head. So um, we're going to go ahead and run the audio. So, uh... Hey, what's up, guys? It's John Cena Smith. Used to be Randy Smith Jr., but I changed my name because I hate my dad. <laughs> But, uh, I just wanted to know what your guy's favorite piece of memorabilia is. I got a couple pieces I love. I got a, a chain, um, with a padlock on it that I found outside of a Raw arena one time. A lot of people says it's not really his, but it had to be John Cena's. I think he left it behind or something. And I also got a signed copy of You Can't See Me. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Fucking signed and everything. It's signed by John Cena and um, that trademark guy, whatever his name was. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, what's your guy's favorite piece of memorabilia? Peace out. Okay, John Cena Smith. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry that you hate your dad and you had to change your name. Um, I also hate to tell you that uh, it's just a regular chain and padlock. It's it's not it's not John Cena's. You, you was, can believe it's John Cena's all you want. It's just some <laughs> some things you probably took off a gate when you know you wanted to get into the arena. You just somehow broke into the lock and you took it. You just you you, you want to feel good about yourself and it's fine. You, you know we want you to feel good about yourself. You know we we don't want you to feel bad. But um, just know it's not John Cena's. Okay. It was, probably came off the dumpster. Like, usually a lot of those arenas have something like to tie the dumpster down and keep it shut so people don't just throw random shit in there. So, they might have been from that. Yeah. But, uh, but that's cool. You got a signed John Cena CD. Uh, I'm sure the uh, the Cena signature on there is worth way more than the trademarks. But, <laughs> but that's cool. Yeah. Um, 
favorite piece of memorabilia is what you want to know. I mean, I don't really have I've, necessarily memorabilia per se. I mean, I have some stuff signed by wrestlers, but that's about the only. That's still memorabilia, though. I mean, that's the only really stuff I have. I've got um got a few things actually. Uh, one of the cooler ones I've got. I met a hacksaw Jim Duggan a couple of years back, and I've actually got a small like signed two by four. Like side off two by four. That was awesome. That was awesome. If you ever get to meet, if you ever get a chance to meet Hacksaw, he is one of the coolest guys ever. Yeah, like, he's pretty cool. He was awesome to talk to. Um, Jake the Snake Roberts I actually have a, a signed Mattel Legends Elite Series. Jake the Snake Roberts, he was awesome. Um, Roddy Piper, I've got an entrance crate signed by him. Met him a couple years before he passed away. Really cool guy to talk to. Um, but probably some of my favorites, I've got Metro Stratus, uh, about the same time I met Hacksaw. Um, I've actually do action figure photography. So if you follow, um, my Instagram, which is at heats toy box, you can see some of that stuff there, but I did a, uh, picture of Trish, um, doing her entrance pose and she actually signed that for me, which is pretty cool. Uh, um, other than that, it would have to be my, uh, my signed hurricane merchandise. So I got a, uh, basic limited edition hurricane with the, uh, first time in a line Mattel limited belt that's on there. And I've got a, uh, hurricane figure and mask from Jax that are signed by him. So, so it's pretty cool. Cool stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's gonna, wrap it up for episode 28 so thank you guys for listening and supporting the podcast um what you can do more to support us is if you have not already subscribed you should subscribe to whatever app or streaming service that you're listening to us on just so you can stay up to date with the new episodes as they come out uh if you are listening to us on itunes or apple Podcasts. Go ahead and hit us with that five-star Frog Splash review. You know, the five stars helps keeps us up there in the search engines of Apple. So we get more notoriety and visibility. Uh, if you've got any questions, comments, concerns, as always, you can email us at askwrestlegeddon at gmail.com. Um, we don't handle criticism very well. So if you get a, a nice big um, gif of a middle finger, that that's probably why. But, um, and you probably deserved it, yeah, especially you, skater boy. Yeah, 33. Can we, can you know, you know who I miss? We should send him a nice fruit basket. Yeah, we should. You know who I miss? We need, uh, we need, what is it, Sister Mildred? Is that her Sister name? Mildred, we need her to call Sister back. Mildred. If her. you're listening, we need you to call we, back. We need some religion on the show. We love you because skater boy just, you know, got the demons all up in me and I had to cuss them out. And I don't like cussing people out, so. Um, if you need us to help donate to the building fund again, please give it a call in and yeah, you know, cake and let us know. Fun. The cakewalk was good, man. Yeah. I think I put him about ten pounds. I suppose actually lose weight walking, but I gained weight walking. <laughs> Those cakes were good. Homemade <laughs> cakes, man. Hit me. I'm, it's got to be ironic that somebody had a devil's food cake at a church cakewalk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> but it was probably you, Sister Mildred. You got a little bit of that rattlesnake in you. You a stone cold, a cold stone Steve Austin fan. So. 
sorry. Uh, uh, good times, good times. We do we do enjoy our, our questions from our listeners. So. Um, except Skater Boy, your dick. <laughs> and that fucking creeper of Tom. Oh, oh my Tom. God. Oh, 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 God. Well, we haven't heard from your uncle either. Yeah. Yeah, The man that claims to be your uncle. I think you got a stalker. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) He might probably try to break into your apartment while you're sleeping and, I don't know, like sniff your shoes or something. Uh, Who knows? Fucking weirdos. (laughs) Oh, we attract all the weirdos. It's fun. You never know what you're going to get. It's like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates. Yep. Oh, sometimes you get some good ones. The other times you get the ones that are filled with shitty coconut. But on that note, again, thank you all for listening. Please share, rate, subscribe, review. Tell your friends, your family, your neighbor, your butcher, your barber, your bartender. Did I say your mailman? Your mailman. Your paper boy. Your milkman. The guy that runs the counter at the liquor store. The guy you buy your weed from. Or, you know, little, what was it, little Jerry? Little Jimmy? Whatever his name was. The, the one that sells vape juice. Um... By the uh, the Mayflower on fifteen five hundred one, who got you hookups with those um, VHS tapes from the nineties of all the WWF pay per views? You know, tell him too. Um, he can spread it to his boys. Uh, yeah, just tell everyone you know to check out the WrestleGen podcast on all major streaming services. That's all I got. You got anything, Dad? I got nothing. 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 All right, so that's it for us. We're going to go burn it down, and we'll catch you all next week on episode 29. You know why we're burning it down? Because we want the smoke. We want the smoke.